So like 12 days ago, I bought a game on Steam. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Steam is like a um, gaming platform for uh, PC gamers, which I am. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a platform they release games. Um, I mean, like they'll host, it's a server that'll host games that you can download and play from, you know, any developer uh, and including their own. Anyway, I'd been hearing a lot about this game and then I saw it was 20 bucks and I haven't bought a game in a long time. All right, I'm going to go for it. So I did. The game is Valheim and I bought it on the 19th. And today is the second. So 12 days ago, right? Anyway, and I've played, <laughs> I've put in 42 hours <laughs> of my life into this game. Hours when I should have been and even wanted to be sleeping, playing the game. Could have devoted more time to like, some work <laughs> projects, playing the game. You know, could have been, um, you know, cooking my son dinner. No, playing the game. No, I'm just playing. Of course, I cooked him dinner. I don't play uh, anything when he's home, but unless, you know, we're playing something together. But this game is taking over my life. I, I am obsessed with it. I think about it all the time. Um, to kind of briefly explain it um they give you little to no information which is very very cool uh, it, it sort of creates an era mystery just e even in how to play there's no tutorial really i mean there isn't one but it starts and you're being you're your character you can kind of design your character and the graphics are uh like pretty low res so it's it's really nostalgic to play um it's kind of like i guess maybe 32 bit it's, it's pretty low res, but where this game goes brilliantly uh, does with those graphics is they make the lighting really good. So when things are lit well, um, everything will look better. Um, and so even though the, they intentionally, like the graphic style is intentionally low res, um, you know, pixelated, not like Minecraft level, not like that low, but, you know, a bit, a, a bit up from there. But anyway... So it looks good, and the art style is cool. I like pixel style stuff. So, and, and it's a, a completely three dimensional open world game. So it starts you you create this character, and then you're being like flown in by a giant bird, and dropped off on this island. You don't know anything about it, and basically the story that you get is you're a Viking, you're dead, and you need to uh, conquer this world in order to be accepted into Valheim, the in heaven. And that's it. And you're dropped on this island with nothing. And you don't know what to do. There's not, there's like a, there's this crow that kind of like tells you a couple things. Um, like, you know, try to build a shelter. And, uh, and then it, it, it explains like, you're going to have to kill these five or seven bosses, essentially scattered throughout this massive world and if you open the map it's fucking huge it's the biggest map i've ever seen in a game ever um well no i guess no man's sky would technically be the biggest but 
So you're dropped in and the world is procedurally generated. And what that means is that the developer did not go in and build the world and then that's the same world that every player experiences. It's essentially like there's rules that the developer made of how a world can be built. And then essentially an AI or computer uh, program, you know, a program in the game, an algorithm just creates the world. So everybody's world is completely different, but it has the same same elements, you know, all the same types of biomes or environments, uh, same creatures, you know, same story, but like how it's laid out, where things are, is all totally unique to your playing or, you know, your, um, to your map. It's totally unique. Nobody's will be the same. So basically you, you start naked or maybe you got rags. I think you just had like wearing rags and you have no weapons and you're just dropped. There's, you don't have anywhere to go. You have to figure out how to build shelter, how to kill animals, how to cook food. So I dropped in this island and then I realized, okay, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. So I just start running around, I have no weapons. And I, you know, some little thing, I'm just kind of wandering around. Like, what the fuck do I do? And then this like weird, like little tree monster comes out of nowhere and tries to kill me. So I punch it to death. And then I get a little bit of supplies. I got like a piece of wood and a little bit of resin. And then there was like these little um, kind of rune, like large rune stones that you can, very, very scattered. Like they're not easily accessible or you don't always find them. Um, and they'll give you like a little bit of information, but it's very cryptically written. And then something was like, you know, essentially said, you know, build a shelter. So I started punching trees down to get the wood and uh, built like a tiny shelter just to keep myself warm at night because it gets cold at night and, and you know, you want to get attacked. And, uh, and that was actually my first thought. I was like, okay, every survival show I've ever seen says shelter first. So that's what I did. And, um, and then it's just grown from there. And, you know, you start collecting materials, building more things as you collect new materials, new, uh, recipes unlock for you to, of things you can craft and you make a hammer and you make a club. And once you have a hammer, now you can build more stuff. And then now you can build more stuff. You can build better weapons and you can get an ax and chop tree down trees down instead of using your hands. And and then you can build a better axe. And, you know, when you find uh, other materials, well, now you can build uh, things with metal. And now you can build a metal forge and, and create, and you know, and mine copper and mine tin and, and create bronze. And now I have a bronze axe. And a bronze axe can chop down greater trees to give you better wood to build better things. And, and while you're doing this, there are these seven demons that you, or seven, like, gods that essentially you have to kill. But like you don't ever need to do that. You can just <laughs> wander around and play. And so I've explored, like I explored most of where I started and like killed like a giant troll, which was amazing. But I couldn't kill it until, because I couldn't get next to it. So I had to build, like find materials to build a bow and then to build arrows. Anyway, I'm going on and on and on. I love this game so <laughs> fucking much. I'm playing it nonstop. I, um... You know, I, I, I captured boars and was because I got tired of hunting them to kill them for their leather. Um, so I just captured a bunch and then they just started fucking. So then I, <laughs> I would wait till their babies grew up and I would kill their babies and keep breeding the boars. 
and um, to get leather. And uh, so I, you know, I built a little raft and started trying to sail across the sea, but like my raft is not strong enough to make it like that far. It's an entire world, you know, that you're exploring and on your map is blank. Like you can't see anything unless you go there. So you're always just exploring blind, which is a pretty common thing in open world games now. But, um, you know, there are some environments that are so hostile. You can't, you can't even go into yet until you get stronger or have better, you know, armor or clothes. And it's so fun. I think about it all the time. I've been trying to build this house and the building system is not complicated, but it's deep enough that there are like structural elements that you need to understand in order to build. So I found this cool spot I wanted to build on. It's like on the ocean front. So I've been like terraforming land and like I'm trying to do like levels. So there's like the house up top and then mid-level is like farming. I'm going to do all my agriculture stuff and then the lower level, and this is all I'm terraforming the land, so it's like kind of natural, uh, and then the lower level is all going to be like, you know, blacksmithing and woodworking, so that way once I build a better boat and I travel, I can, instead of carrying all of the, you know, copper and ore and tin, whatever, um, all the irons and metals, or on my person, which will you can only carry so much, um, I can put it in the boat, and then when I bring it back in the boat, it'll be right there at the dock to... Uh, I know it's so fucking nerdy, but like, damn, I love this game so much. If I were to look at like my top five games of all time, I'm really trying to really think here. So like, I think it would go Eco, which is a, a PS2 game. Uh, same developers that did Shadow of the Colossus later and then The Last Guardian, but Eco, um, Metal Gear... Man, if I had to pick one, that's tough. I'll just say Metal Gear 3. Uh, Skyrim. Mm. Uh, Breath of the Wild. And then it would either be GTA San Andreas or Red Dead 2. It's weird. Those are like almost all open world games except for Eco and um, Metal Gear 3. Metal Gear 3 is like semi-open. But this Valheim game, it's kind of creeping up in there, man. It There's no... Man, it's for, it might be in my top 10. I'm having that much fun playing with it. And again, I, I love that you're given almost nothing. You're giving no information. It's really quiet. You can spend most of your time. You don't have to do anything. You can just mine for stuff, build, you know, hunt. Fit. Like you don't have to do anything. And there's really no point to the game. But it's just done so well. It's so perfect. And what's crazy is that like this game has been developed over three years by just five people. It's a super small team, five people, and it's so massively successful right now. It's still in early access, like they're still developing it. It's just, it's developed enough that you can play it. On Steam, you'll also have, you'll often have access to games early if the developer wants, you know, to do that. So this is an early access, Justly means it's like alpha, like not, it's past alpha, but it's, it's not the final build. They're still making more adjustments to the game. Um, but there's like 5 million players. It came out like three weeks ago. It's fucking nuts. Um, 
massive success. I mean, congrats to those guys. Uh, it's so good. It is so good. The only problem with a game like this when it's still in development and now that's so successful, you just hope, and it, I, I'm honestly not worried about this because they seem to really know what they want to do, but you just hope that they don't fuck it up, like make things too easy or take away good features or add lame ones. I mean, that's that's the only thing when a game isn't finished and it comes out and you love it, you're like, oh man, I, I hope they don't fuck this up. But it, it's so fun. It is so fun. I can't stop playing it. Um, yeah. Um, what else has been going on? I had like, so, you know, my son is in online kindergarten, which is as, you know, nightmarish as it sounds, but, um, his teachers, okay. I've already had to have conversations with her and the principal about, you know, some of the things she said and done, and I just had to do it again. And it like, she said some really like, <laughs> she told the kids, the whole class, like they were just working and she was like, okay, I'm not going to help you because this is too easy. She's a teacher to kindergartners and she told them, I'm not going to help you because this is too easy. So it's like judgment, shame, all those things. I'm, you know, when you tell somebody that you're not going to help them because something is too easy, you're literally saying like, if you don't understand this, you're dumb. And you're going to be punished by not being helped when it's like you're in school. The literally the literal point of you being there is to have help to get help with things. So I, you know, I had a conversation and she was like insanely defensive, um, trying to talk over me the whole time. And she would say things like, well, you know, I'm sorry, but I think I'm sorry that you misunderstood it. Like shit like that. It's like I didn't misunderstand. And I asked, OK, well, please tell me how I misunderstood. Tell me what you said. And she said. And she just repeated, I told the kids that I wasn't going to help them because it's too easy because it's simple. They know it. I was like, it's simple for you. It doesn't matter if a kid needs help because, and it's at a certain point, this wasn't going on. I was being very calm. And at a certain point, she just turns her camera the other way and just, so I was, I was just essentially talking to the principal while she was just like off camera. Like that, ugh, it was very frustrating. Um, but whatever, I don't care. I will stand up for my son every time. I will be that father that I don't give a fuck. Anytime somebody is rude or disrespectful or potentially traumatizing him, I'm there. They, they, they can catch these words or these hands, whatever they want. Yeah, I, I just, uh, and it's not like I'm looking for shit to happen. I walked in and heard it and I was like, no, 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 that's no. This is a private school. I'm literally paying you to help. Our, this entire relationship is based on you helping. And these are children. You need to inspire them to try and ask. And when you tell somebody that you're not going to help them because it's too easy, they're definitely not going to ask because they don't want to think that, oh, well, I should know this, but I don't. And it's too easy and I don't want to be embarrassed. Or It's all bad. It's all fucking bad. I was very upset. I'm, just, I'm still upset. Um. My son is at this really cool age. He'll be six next week. And like he's been asking, you know, he asks questions about everything. He's like fascinated with my life when I was a kid. Like he'll always like, when you were a kid, did you do this? Did you have this? Did you have this toy? Did you do this? Like It's really fun. But he's been I'm ask, asking these really amazing questions during breakfast. I mean, all day, but like these are the ones I, I wrote down recently over breakfast. 
Um, really cool. Like we were talking, he was like, you know, why is there no air in space? And then it was, I got to explain atmosphere and, and um, just because of the size of something. And we get to have had cool conversations about that. And then whenever I don't know something, I'll look it up. We'll watch a video or we'll read an article about it. But he, he said, uh, where do sharks poop? <laughs> and I said, in the ocean. He's like, but how do they clean it up? I said, they, they can't clean it up. And he's like, why can't they clean it up? Because they don't have hands and they're just swimming in the ocean. So it just, you know, it just comes out and they swim away. But the ocean is so big and the poop, you know, eventually degrades or um, falls to the bottom and something eats it. And you, you know, why are bananas yellow? Why do pumpkins have seeds? Do butts grow? <laughs> why do people have chins? You know, what if there, <laughs> he's been doing this thing a lot where he's like, what if there was a hundred foot watermelon in our house? Or he'll be like, uh, what, what if there was, uh, you know, a giant bear in the house? Like it's always these really amazing hypotheticals. It's been super fun, but something really cool that happened the other day. Um, we watch a, no. um, a sculptor on YouTube who sculpts, um, very accessibly like he makes it really fun and easy to watch and to learn so uh, his name is um i don't know the, name. the channel name is ace of clay and he spoke he sculpts primarily like um you know more creepier looking stuff but like you know in, in a in a cartoonish style is he doesn't do like a really intense photo reel or graphic style but it's um so it's a little cartoony but creepy stuff he likes creepy characters and uh, my son and I love that. And um, we've been watching him for months. And so much so that, you know, I, Grayson, my son, has been really wanting to sculpt also. So I've been getting all the equipment, um, you know, like a press or not a press, a um, like a pasta maker to make, you know, sheets of clay that we can use. And I just ordered the tools. Next, I'm going to do the clay and we're going to get paint and we're going to do the whole thing. So thank you, Ace of Clay. But um, the other thing he he had recently done a sculptor a sculpture of Edward Scissorhands. So we watched the video and my son is like, who is this character? He's awesome looking, whatever. So I was like, I, I think I can show you Edward Scissorhands. Um, at least like I knew I, I would, in my head, I was like, I'll probably shut, shut it off when um, the boyfriend starts being like scary to Edward Scissorhands because that guy's he's intense in the movie. It's like, so I, I knew I would shut it off at a certain point. And I told him that before we started. I thought it's most of it's cool for you to watch, but there might be a part later in the end where I'll shut it off because the rest of the movie gets a little more intense. Uh, and he was like, okay. So we watched the first half. We watched up until uh, Peggy Bundy tries to fuck Edward Scissorhands. Then I shut it off. Because I was like, all right, because I know this is the point where it's like the boyfriend's going to show up really aggressive. And she's like <laughs> really aggressively trying to fuck Edward Scissorhands in this uh, hair salon. So anyway, we're watching it and um, he loves his character. And he's like, how does he do this? How does he go to the bathroom? How does he why, why does he have scissors for his hands? And I was like telling him some things. And then the scene pops up where they show uh, Edward's origin. And if you remember... Uh, it's Vincent Price is the inventor. And the scene starts 
and it's showing Vincent Price in the castle that Edward that we find Edward Scissorhands in the beginning of the movie, and Vincent Price had this like elaborate uh, setup of robotic machines making cookies. And then he picks up one that has a heart and he places it on the robot and then he realizes he's going to make a human robot. Magical human robot. Excuse me. So Edward Scissorhands is not alive in that scene. And my son, five years old, says, because Edward Scissorhands is having this memory. And, and my son says, how can Edward Scissorhands remember this? He wasn't even alive. Blew my mind. I was, I, I mean, I've seen this. When did it come out? 92? Let's see. 1990. 1990. I've seen that movie dozens of times. I don't think I ever thought about it. And five years old, like right when the scene started, it's showing the robots. And that was the first thing he says. How can, how can Edward Scissorhands remember this? He wasn't alive yet. That <laughs> was like, that's a great fucking question, man. You are absolutely right. He couldn't. And it's just some movie magic. So we understand where he came from. But it was pretty cool. Um, it was pretty cool, man. He, uh, he, he's, he's like that a lot. Like a, like a couple weeks ago, I bought him this, um, can I talk about it on here? Whatever. I bought him this, uh, hardcover version of the Hobbit. Um, here, let me get it for you. I bought him this version of the Hobbit. Um, oh, this is our. We make bookmarks, and like I said, he always likes creepy stuff, so this is the one he wanted to make, which is, uh, get that in focus, which is Sonic EXE. He's a big fan, so we made the Sonic EXE bookmark, and that's what we use for The Hobbit, but I bought him this uh, semi-illustrated version of The Hobbit uh, from Jemima Catlin, Jemima Caitlin, and... Um, it's awesome. It, I mean, you know, the, the art is very few and far between. Sometimes it'll be, you know, just small pictures, you know, every couple pages. And then every once in a while, there will be a, um, look at this art. I love this kind of old frumpy art style. Um, and then every once in a while, there'll be like a, you know, a full page, something or other. So anyway, we've been reading it. We're um, not quite halfway in. So, you know, we, we met Gollum, Gollum, what, a few days ago. And my son is like super uh, enthralled at, by this part of the story. And the whole scene of Bilbo and Gollum and the riddles and all this stuff and Bilbo finding the ring. So he starts asking a bunch of questions afterwards, like about the ring. Because at first it was just a magical ring that turns you invisible. Cool. And then he wants to know like, well, why is Gollum like this why does he live in this cave by himself why does he want to eat Bilbo why does he eat the goblins why is he you know mean and all this stuff so then I had to kind of explain like well not in this book but in another book we find out that he used to be a young man named Smeagol and he and his friend found this ring I didn't tell him that you know Smeagol murders his friend to get the ring but I was like you know Smeagol took the ring and then uh, so then I had to go into 
how the rings were created. Like, well, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, there was this super evil guy named Sauron and he created all these rings and he gave some to men and some to elves and some to to dwarves, but he kept one for himself and that one ruled all of the other ones. And then he could essentially like make them his slaves and do whatever he wanted and become the most evil, powerful person in the world. And then there was a battle and he lost the ring. He, you know, got banished for a while. And the ring eventually got found, but when you put it on, it kind of uh, takes away your humanity and, and makes you more or less evil. So you can't wear it too much, but it wants you to wear it. So it, it's it's a kind of a bad ring. And um, he said, so then it was like, well, you know, so Gollum had it and he wore it all the time and that's why he's all like twisted and you know he just wants to be alone with the ring and that's why he's now he just murders people and eats them and um, because of the ring the ring turned him into that and then I said uh, but it, but don't worry because I could see like he, <laughs> that, that information was starting to be a little intense so I was like but don't worry that does not happen to Bilbo and he said okay and then he said Bilbo should destroy the ring so it doesn't hurt anybody else. How amazing is that? And I was like, that is such a great idea and you're absolutely right, he should. What a great fucking boy he is. That was his first thought. Like, this this thing has got to go. It's not good, and it needs to go. It doesn't matter that it can turn you invisible. Who cares? It's bad. It's got to go. And then I had to tell him, like, well, yeah, you know, that's actually in the next book. There's another young hobbit named Frodo, who's kind of like Bilbo's son, but not really. And uh, it, he actually gets the ring, and it's his mission to destroy it. And that's what they try to do. I mean, I, I get why you know, why people don't like Tolkien stuff. Cause it, you know, he, he's very wordy. Um, and also, I mean, these things were written, you know, mad long ago. And so the writing style is very different too. Um, but for, you know, just being kind of whisked away and really, enveloped into a a land and all the stories are you know about fellowship no pun intended and um doing the right thing and facing evil and trying to overcome and you know keeping hope even in dark times they're just wonderful and i you know they they helped kind of inspire in me a uh, a love for fantasy and adventure and like good natured people and living and that um and, and romance too not that there's like traditional romance but they speak romantically and and they dream of far off places and want for you know lovely things and uh these books are amazing for that man all the Tolkien stuff if you haven't read it you should it's fun like I said, it's wordy. You'll have to, you know, get used to the writing style. That's true with most books, especially older books. People spoke different, wrote different. Uh, so what else has been going on? Um, 
Texas was going through a horrible crisis. Their power grid shut down because of capitalism. Because, you know, years ago, uh, everyone was saying the, the power system in Texas is privatized. So it's not from the state. It's, you know, it's privately owned. And, um, or the, the nation, I mean. And um, they've been told like, yeah, this is old and outdated. It's going to fail. You need to be upgraded. But they didn't because save money. Fuck it. And so it did. Failed during one of the worst winters in Texas forever. And uh, people died. They had no heat, no water. Food was scarce at best. And their fearless leader, Ted Cruz, left and went to Cancun. He was like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to bail. I mean, what a piece of trash. What a piece of trash. I have a friend in Texas who was like, he's got kids. His kids had to be sleeping in a tent so they could keep in some heat. And he was wearing a wetsuit inside just to stay fucking warm. Like, it's awful. Um, horrific. You know, thankfully, everything's okay. But, uh, you know, capitalism is really horrible and, and monstrous. And Republicans are like leading the the charge of just atrocity and, and human horrors. I'm going to read this thing because this shit is bananas. There's this guy, Tim Boyd, and he's the mayor of a town in Texas. And um, I'm going to read this thing that he wrote because <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Tim Boyd, Texas. Facebook post. I think it was Facebook. I probably took a picture of it somewhere. Okay. Okay, this is the mayor of a town in Texas. The mayor. He's the leader of the town. And while Texans were starving and freezing to death... This is what he wrote on Facebook. Let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. Exclamation, exclamation point. No one owes you or, he meant to write, or your family anything. No one owes you or your family anything. Nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with the power providers or any other service, owes you nothing in capitals. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal without and think outside of the box to survive and supply water to your family. If you are sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you, you're lazy... He spelled your wrong. Wow, you are. He's a mayor. If you are uh, waiting for someone to come rescue you because you're lazy is direct result of your raising. Only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. And he wrote perish like <laughs> P-A-R-I-S-H, like a church parish. Um... Only the strong survivor we post. Folks, 
God has given us the tools to support ourselves in times like this. This is sadly a product of socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few will work and others will become dependent for handouts. Am I sorry that you have been dealing without electricity or water? Yes, but I'll be damned if I'm going to provide for anyone that is capable of doing it themselves. We have lost sight of those in need and those that take advantage of the system and mesh them into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and looking for a handout. Get off your ass and take care of your own family. Bottom line, don't be part of a problem, be part of a solution. This is the mayor of a town where people were dying because the privatized power grid shut down and wasn't getting fixed and they had nothing. What the fuck? And I did not know this until just right now when I'm looking at this, but <laughs> I guess he resigned <laughs> after writing this. I mean, good. Fuck him. What a piece of trash. But like, let me see. Um, K, Texas. Uh, Colorado City Mayor resigns, responds to his controversial Facebook post. Um, Colorado. Oh, Col yeah. Colorado City Mayor in Texas. Uh, Tim Boyd has resigned. Boyd acknowledged the resignation Tuesday afternoon while responding to criticism he received for a controversial Facebook post. Tuesday morning, Boyd fusses, voiced his frustrations about residents who he said called him to complain about power and water outages. And then it quotes some of the things of the family. You know, come up with a game plan, get off your ass, take care of your family. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, Bo Boyd posted another message. I would never want to hurt the elderly or anyone that is in true need of help to be left to fend for themselves, said Boyd. I was only making the statement that those folks that are too lazy to get up and fend for themselves but are capable should not be dealt a handout. I apologize for the wording and some of the phrases that were used. That's not an apology. Uh, Boyd said he had already turned in his resignation and did not file a ballot application to run in May. Good, fuck you. Please understand, if I had to do it over again, I would have just kept my words to myself. If I did say them, I would have never, I would have used better wording and been more descriptive. This is not a fucking apology. And thankfully, he did not keep this shit to himself. Thankfully, he said it and is now fired. He resigned, but he is firing. Um, like, he, he enforces law and policy based on that mindset. So thankfully, he came out and showed what a piece of human trash he is so he can get the fuck out of there. These people should not be in a position of leadership. If your ultimate goal is not to help people, you shouldn't be in a position where that's your job. Like my fucking son's teacher, god damn it. <laughs> um, I mean, that's so insane. There's something else here. A uh, full text from this. I guess there's a second post. All I have set back. Oh, all. I have set back and watched all this escalating and have tried to keep my mouth shut. I won't deny for one minute what I said in my post this morning. Believe me when I say that many of the things I said were taken out of context, some of which were said without putting much thought into it. I would never want to hurt the elderly. We read that part. Delta handout. Um, I apologize for wording some of the phrases that were used. I had already turned in my resignation and not signed up to run again for mayor again. Uh, I spoke some of this out of the anger that the city and county was catching for this situation, which were out of their control. Please understand if I had to do it over again. 
That would have been more descriptive. The anger and harassment you have caused my wife and family is so undeserved. My wife was laid off of her job based off the association people gave to her and the business she worked for. She's a very good person and was only defending me. But uh, her to have to get fired from her job over things I said out of context is so horrible. This is not out of context. You were the mayor. There was a crisis where people were dying in your state and in your city. And then you told them to go fuck themselves. What is the context that this is out of? Um, I admit there are things that are said all the time that I don't agree with, but I would never harass you or your family. You were harassing people in your fucking Facebook post to the point where they would lose their livelihood, such as a form of income. Uh, I ask that you each understand I never meant to speak for the city of Colorado or Mitchell County. You're the mayor. You speak for the city. (laughs) What are you talking about? I was speaking as a citizen as I am not the mayor anymore. That's fucking stupid. I apologize for the wording and ask that you please not harass myself or my family anymore. Threatening our lives with comments and messages is a horrible thing to have to wonder about. I won't share any of these messages. Did, he was the one who said, the strong survive and the weak perish. Perish. <laughs> he said that. Strong survive, weak perish. Oh, but hey, don't harass me. You're messing up my life. Well, fuck this guy. Look, I don't agree with you know sending people death threats and shit like that. Uh, I don't care who they are. I don't agree with doing that. But fuck him. Fuck his feelings, too. I won't share any of those messages from those names I feel they know who they are and hope after they see this they will retract the hateful things they've said thank you Tim Boyd and in parentheses citizen so I, I it's it's semi unclear if he had already see it doesn't matter just because he didn't renew his application or his put his name on the ballot to be reelected he was still acting as mayor when he posted this he was not a fucking citizen And honestly, even if you are a citizen, if this is your take, you're scum anyway. Fuck you. So Ted Cruz bails. He's like, fuck it. Good luck, Texas. I'm out. Then he gets called out like, hey, we see you on a plane to Cancun, motherfucker. We have phones. And uh, then he blames his children. Well, my my daughters wanted to take a trip because they're bored being inside the house from the pandemic. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And then he said, like, well, I mean, really, I don't know if it was him or some other Republicans were like, really, well, what else could he have done if he was there? It's not like he could have done anything. He's <laughs> he's the governor. He should have and could have done something. To that point, AOC from New York and what's homeboy's name? Ah, oh, fuck, I forgot his name. And another guy came over to Texas. This is not their state. AOC raised $4 million in like an afternoon. She was there personally handing out water, handing out food to people, personally giving it to them. Here, you're in need. Take this from my hands. The other dude, like, set up food drives and was getting people blankets and shelters. Like, oh, fuck. Hey, if you're a Republican, fuck you. You are a party of Nazis and fascists and capitalist monsters. You don't care about people, nothing. I've never said this before in my life. I didn't care. Like, I've never been a Republican or never... a aligned with a Republican um, like views, really. But like I've never thought that the whole party as a whole should be done away with. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. They're, they have, they're a little more conservative about spending, but that's not the issue anymore. They're literal monsters. And fuck you. I, I mean, I know people who are like good people and they're like, I'm a Republican, but they're just saying that because they've always been a Republican or they're Christian. Fuck Christianity too. Um, you know, how many how many murder cults can you be a part of? You're a Christian Republican? 
Like you kick puppies too? Jesus. So yeah, um, the Republican, what is that thing called? CPAC? Is that what it is? Yeah, CPAC, the um, whatever, Conservative Political Action Conference. Just happened. I guess Trump spoke. They have this like <laughs> gold statue made of him with wearing, you know, United States flag trunk trunks and shit. But the stage they had was set up as this Nordic rune. The same Nordic rune rune that was co-opted by the SS during the Holocaust. How many, it's like, these aren't even dog whistles anymore. They're just like literally getting on a loudspeaker and be like, okay, guys, we're fucking Nazis. Like just, we're Nazis. Between that bitch at the Capitol saying that, you know, uh, Nazis got some things right. And they use these symbols. The Republican Party has been using these symbols, SS and Nazi co-opted symbols for years. I mean, this is is not new. It's not a fucking coincidence. It's not an accident. They knew exactly what it was. They've done this many times. Like, yes, it was a coincidence, just like the thousands of other times they've done these things. Really, really terrible, man. But (laughs) one thing I did want to share was the national anthem (laughs) at this event. Um, Let me see if I can put on my headphones and I'll play this video. Uh on the thing too alright so <laughs> so here is the national anthem um, okay let me see if I can find it uh, <laughs> CPAC national anthem 2021 um, okay and play Starts off terrible. Jesus. She's got like a Christopher Cross mouthful of cotton balls thing going on too. Jesus. All over the (laughs) place. Gallant. Gallant. finish <laughs> why
That shit was bad, yo. That shit. Okay, look, look, look. You see the stage? This is not an accident. This is a fucking del very deliberate choice. Yeah, let's look that up. Um, CPAC stage. Nordic room. Um, <laughs> fuck, that, that was some bad singing. Um, yeah, this shit buzzed me off, pisses me off too. Like, I mean, I guess they have to because, you know, the news articles or whatever. But like, Washington Post, as CPAC dismisses claims that its stage resembles a Nazi insignia, Oh, no, wait, never mind. I read that wrong. That's fine. Um, so that rune, I'm going to post this picture here too uh, from Twitter that I, I just, it was posted on Twitter. Um, so that's called the Odal ruin or Odal ruin, often used in place of the swastika. The Odal ruin was used by Warren, by Waifen SS units during World War II. And here's a few more. I mean, these are all... It, that one is lesser known, but the other ones, you know, the, the SS lightning bolts and the sun, the black sun. I mean, these are fucking Nazi symbols and they just make their stage like that. And again, this is not the first time they've done this. There was a Facebook post like a few months back that was all... Um, did they use the SS ones? I don't remember. They do this all the time. It's a fucking Nazi party. My battery's going to die, so I might wrap this up. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I was going. Fuck Republicans. Fuck Ted Cruz. And uh, Tim Boyd or Tom Boyd, whatever the hell his name was. I don't even remember. And yeah, um, we'll, call it, we'll call it there. Uh, anyway, I hope you're doing well. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. Rate and review on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Um, TikTok, I've been doing these cool uh, series called 60 Second Self-Defense. Come learn some useful shit in 60 seconds. All right, that'll be it. Uh, be well, do good, make healthy choices.